Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Everybody, welcome to the Coastal Express Show Network. We are back again. It is Wednesday, the 25th of February, 2015. Oh my goodness, time is just flying. It seems as if we were all just celebrating, you know, the new year. But you know, it's all good, and it's all, you know, an excellent time for us to just get started trying to maintain our um, New Year's resolutions and keep it moving forward. So that way, we can just stay focused. Stay on track and stay on guard and, and make sure that we're really looking forward to uh, making these things happen so that when the new year does roll in a little bit further, we're closer to our goals. Today's show is not mine, and I am so happy to um, turn it over to Real Estate Straight Talk. They're going to be talking about something really interesting. It's called tenant-landlord relationships, and I think it's something that we all need to have a better understanding of. So I want to thank um, our hosts. Uh, Sharon Homer and Joe Bilardo. So I'm going to move on over and let them take over. Thanks. Want to know what's going on in the home buying market? Stay tuned. Real Estate Straight Talk is up next, part of the Coco Express Network. Well, hello, it's me again, and it seems as if um, we are having some technical difficulties, but that's okay. I'm back, and I know you just can't get enough of me. Uh, I, I, I just know it. So I'm back here, and we are going to, I guess we can talk about, you know, the uh, the real estate arena. I mean, in each and every segment of, you know, this particular episode that we do, uh, we try to bring to you information that is um, timely and knowledgeable. So I am going to try my best to work with you to get you moving forward. So here we are. We're going to start the show. Thanks. Hello? Yes, hi. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Straight Talk. Uh, This is Sharon Homer with Concord uh, Realty Group, Um, and we will have Joe Bellardo joining us shortly. We just wanted to uh, welcome everyone to the show, and thank you for tuning in to our segment in regards to uh, landlord-tenant relationships is what we will be talking about today. Um, Do we have Joe Bellardo on the line? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. Um, Today we just wanted to um, have Joe um, talk about some, um, point out some, point out um, how to establish and maintain um, a relationship with um, how a landlord and tenants can maintain their relationship. Um, what we really wanted to focus on was um, how a relationship is formed normally. Um, and in a typical relationship, um, we just looked up some definitions of what the, the meaning of a relationship 
actually is. And we just wanted to point out um, one, the uh, Webster Dictionary states that um, a relationship is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are actually connected or the state of being connected. Um, they also state, talk about the state of being connected by blood or marriage. Um, and a third more interesting um, definition is the way in which two or more people or organizations uh, regard and behave toward each other. Um, and how does that fit into landlord-tenant relationships? Um, well, in a landlord, to establish a landlord-tenant relationship, you have to have, um, there's an agreement that is made um, with the tenant and the landlord. Um, so there's a contract um, and there's um, a term within that contract that is um, established and agreed upon between the landlord and the tenant. Um, Okay, she's going to come back with us. She's getting everything together. We keep having calls drop off, and I'm not exactly sure why it's happening. However, as you all know, that there has to be, there is an agreement, and in every relationship, there is some type of agreement, via verbal or written. So those particular types of agreements, there are terms, terms within the particular lease, leasing agreement, because you are not buying the property, you are borrowing the property for a certain period of time. So in the time that you're borrowing the property, your lease can go anywhere from a year. It can go from month to month. It can go for a year, two years, or whatever the case may be, based on the agreement, the terms of the actual paper agreement that you're going to be signing. And those particular terms allow you the opportunity to be able to, um, to be able to, Determine what your ground rules are, you know, what you are capable or not capable of doing or having done. So, therefore, the attendant landlord relationship begins with the agreement. Once you have the agreement, then you have to review the agreement. Oftentimes, we don't review the agreement and we don't know all the terms that are, are, are being stipulated. And we kind of, like, do things that we shouldn't be doing or um, or don't understand what are, what all of our rights are and that are involved in this particular relationship and agreement. We're still waiting for them to come back, so I'm just going to give you, based on what, uh, what I have in mind, based on my experiences. Um, now, a tenant-landlord uh, agreement can have you in a situation where you are, like I said, you are... Uh, you're borrowing the the, the 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 use of a particular dwelling for some time, and so that way you have some place to live that you have um, responsibilities for that you can only look at in a particular way. There are certain things you can and cannot do, like you can put pictures on the walls, you can. Um, you know, you can put furnishings in there. Some apartments come with furnishings in it already. But there are certain things that you cannot do. You can't knock out walls, okay? You cannot knock out walls. And that's just a no-no. And you can't, you can't have people move in who are not already stipulated in the leasing agreement. The leasing agreement, they can be tricky because, let's say, for example, you get an apartment, okay, 
um, and I can base it on, on some experiences I've had in New York when I was living in New York. I have an apartment, and I signed the lease. I signed the lease, and I signed the lease stating that my daughter is going to live with me. And so I decide I'm going to move my my companion in, but he's not on the lease or anything like that. So, you know, what does that do? What, what you know? What 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 happens with that particular situation? And those are some of the things that you have to contend with when you're um, when you're signing a lease, moving into a property that, like I said, that you are borrowing. Now I'm gonna let Sharon take it from here because she's the expert. I'm just a consumer. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for um, taking over, Aurelia. Um, as where we where we left off was um, pretty much talking about the establishing of the relationships and the contracts. And um, it is true uh, when the tenant and the landlord um, comes into an agreement, it is um, very important for the tenant to have the key um, to have key things lined up when even entering into um, a contract when leasing an apartment or a home. Um, credit is still important. There are most landlords will still consider um, the status of your credit. Um, also, even when um, your job stability, they want to see job stability. Um, they want to know the income. They want to know the income for the entire household. Um, and they pretty much want to know how you have paid, if you pay consistently with um, previous rental units um, that you have rented in the past and how long you have had the responsibility to pay um, someone rent, be it a, a, whether it's a relative that you're paying monthly on a consistent basis to establish yourself um, and to establish your credit history um, or whether it's paying um, a property manager. So those things are very important and are very key. And for those landlords that are looking for a good tenant, um, and for those tenants that are looking for a good landlord, um, it's important to have those key things in place because what you don't want and what Joe and I actually come across a lot um, at times are tenants who are moving out of situations from previous relationships they, that they've established with slumlords. Um, so you really want to avoid um, those types of relationships, and that was the purpose of us coming together for this show is to establish key relationships um, with individuals, property managers um, who actually take care of their properties um, so that their tenants can have a good place to reside. Um, and how to find those types of property managers, how to find those types of um, landlords um, is by, um, as I stated, and making sure you have those key things intact um, and by establishing a relationship. And even for those um, individuals who um, may have had, we come across a lot of people who um, are already in a bad situation, but you still have to uphold your agreement that you've made with your landlord. So what do you do in those situations where your, um, your landlord is, say, non-responsive or um, it's just not, the, the relationship just isn't working out? Well, it's just like any other relationship, like we um, started the show with, you know, those um, definitions. It's you have, to treat, you have to teach people how to treat you. So in a landlord-tenant relationship, it's just a matter of 
if, say, if you're in a tenant situation and your landlord is non-responsive, they're not fixing things in your property, um, they're not fixing um, issues in the property, um, they're hard to reach, you cannot contact them, um, it's simply what you need to do is um, teach them how to treat you. So if, and what that means is knowing, as a tenant, knowing your, um, knowing the landlord tenant code, you know, knowing what your rights are, knowing what the law is in your state. So even if that means um, putting everything in writing, make it um, mailing, uh, mailing your letters certifiable so that um, they can uphold in court. If you have to take your landlord to court, which you can do, it doesn't always have to be the other way around. So, I mean, if you have to take it to that point, again, that's, that is setting the standard. And the best way to set the standard is to know the law know the law in your state and to follow through. Um, you know, so putting everything in writing, making sure items are mailed out um, in a timely fashion, making sure that you keep documents of um, information, that the conversations that you're having with your landlords, even if it's um, even if even if it's a one-sided conversation. That's, that those are things that judges uh, want to see in court, you want to um, make sure that you're presenting evidence um, for that. So, you know, and once you do that, sometimes landlords become responsive. Um, some, most times with a, a situation like that, you have um, tenants or tenants just are looking for, some, there are some tenants who are just looking for a roof over their head. So, you know, you have neither party communicating with each other. So, you know, that's, that's, most times works out to be a bad situation, but we want to teach you how to establish healthy relationships with tenants and with landlords. And the best way to do that is to um, actually for both parties to know the law in your state. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's very important. And we actually had a question that came through to us this week that I just wanted to go over. Um, if you can give me a minute, I can... Um, get that information so that we can share and talk about that um, while online as well. Do we have Joe? Yeah, hi. <laughs> oh, you're here, Joe? Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey. Joe, did you have anything to add? Um, yeah, I think what you were just saying is true. You know, and what I would say is, you know, in knowing the laws and, and, and like you're saying, of carrying things out, it's just about being professional. You know, um, you know, a landlord-tenant relationship is just that. It's a relationship. And I think if you maintain a level of professionalism at all times, you know, that's the way it, you know, that's the way it will continue. You know, uh, it will just be on that professional level. You know, it's hard for some people because, you know, where you rent is where you live. You know, that's your life. Mm -hmm. So certain things happen and, you know, people kind of get emotional about it. You know, you get bent out of shape. Like you said, if you're calling a landlord, he's not responsive, you can you might lose your emotions and, do, mm -hmm. and, and it might cause you to do something that's unprofessional, you know, like mm -hmm. get nasty or something like that. But really, that's uncalled for, you know, because, you know, it is a relationship. And like in any relationship you're in, it's, you know, 
each person has their own reality and their own situation. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone who is a landlord is, uh, you know, a, a full-time landlord. You know, many, many people who are landlords have a job, a full-time right. job, and they might work 10, 12 hours a day just like you, you know. Right. And then they get off work and they may have children and, you know, and a spouse and all that. So, I mean, they have a life as well. Mm-hmm. And I think by sticking to being professional, like you said, and sending a letter and that kind of thing, you know, that's something that can't be, when Professionalism can't be ignored. Right. You, know, you handle things in the proper manner. It's like the letter comes in and it's like, okay, I got to I gotta pay attention to this. Right. You know, but when if you're just texting or, you know, calling and, you know, and it's just, it kind of goes left, you know, then, again, as in any relationship, now now it becomes more emotional and not professional and, and it degrades, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that relationship becomes a bad relationship. So you want it to always be good. I mean, in a perfect world, everybody would always be their best self in any relationship they're involved mm-hmm. in. But the truth is, you know, not everyone is. So sometimes the tenant um, does things they're not supposed to do, shouldn't do. Right. And sometimes the landlord does things they're not supposed to do or shouldn't do. Um, but I think if we... Joe, we're losing you. Well, just to pick up where Joe left off, I am going to read off the question. Joe, if you um, chime in, just say hello to us. But um, I am going to just pick up and go over the question that had came in um, through the week in regards to the landlord-tenant relationship. Um, We had someone ask, well, pretty much state, I rented a home eight months ago in which the landlord agreed to make repairs. The repairs have not been made yet. Um, he has been deducting $100 from our rent each month to compensate. But meanwhile, there are still cosmetic plumbing and other issues that we would like repaired as promised. And I don't know what to do. Please help. Um, I'm not sure if Joe is still there. But, oh, yeah. Um, I'm back. Okay. With the signal, but... It's okay. You want to go ahead, um, and you touched a lot already on um, something, you know, in regards to this question. Um, but did you, what, what would you, what type of advice would you offer up for this particular um, individual or family? It sounds some, like they were saying there were some issues with repairs. Yeah, there. It, it sounds like there may have been an agreement up front when signing the lease. Um, and maybe everything was not, um, I guess, because there were some cosmetic and there were some plumbing issues um, okay. that, I guess, needed to be done, um, I guess, was supposed to be done while they were uh, moving into the property. However, that yeah. was eight months ago, and it sounds like some of those issues still have not been addressed. So, Well, what I would here. say again, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Um Again, you know, just like we said, if we keep everything on a professional level, so that means say say that happens. Say you find mm-hmm. a place, you really like it, um, and, you you know, you need to move because you've you got to go from somewhere else and you got stuff going on, 
and say everything is perfect, but there's one issue, maybe a plumbing issue or, you know, there's the one broken window or something. You're like, well, I could live with that, you know, if you know if you agree that you're going to fix it. Um, again, I would be professional in that because I'm, I'm not saying don't ever, there's no case where that would be okay because sometimes, you know, the situation is to where you're like, hey, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But what you should do is put that into writing, you know, that, hey, you know, just like, uh, you know, Sharon, if, if you were writing a contract, someone's going to buy a house and it says, hey, this is going to be done, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. put all the details into that contract. So I would have that signed into the lease or as an addendum to the lease. Mm-hmm. I would have I would I would have it written out and signed and make sure that that person signed and agreed to it, um, and so that way, you know, just like you said, so, so you do have some recourse. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you know, because not everyone is, you know, what they say they are. So you know, there are going to be times. I mean, I mean, they're good landlords, but then there's some that aren't. You know, let, you know, let's be honest here. So mm-hmm. if you have someone who didn't, didn't live up to their end of the bargain, they they said they were going to do something or upgrade something, they didn't. Just have it in writing so that that way you can, you know, you have recourse and proof and evidence that hey, this is what they said. They gave a timeline. They said they would have it done within the next thirty days or sixty days, you know, and they didn't. And so mm-hmm. now, you know, now you have um, recourse. But, Correct. But as a as a rule of thumb, I would rather not even move in. But like I said, exactly. there may be a case. There may be a case where, you know, that's just what you kind of agree to do. You know, if it feels okay. But but really, the true answer is, you know, <laughs> again, if they're not doing what they're supposed to do from the beginning, and and, and that's of any relationship, the per- person shows you who they are from exactly. the beginning. You know, saying. <laughs> If you don't listen, if you don't heed it, that's on you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which which is, I think that's a really good point. I mean, it goes back to some of the definitions um, were earlier in the show. Um, like you said, don't move in. I mean, that's the first key um, and the first piece of advice for tenants. I mean, in this case, this happens to be a, a, an agreement was signed, a contract was signed evidently. However, when even um, for tenants who are even looking at homes or in the market for a rental home, um, very very somewhat similar to um, your purchase of a home, if you see something you don't like, it's don't move. It, it, you really just should not move forward because the difference between um, although there's a contract involved with um, purchasing a home, the contract that uh, you involve yourself with when leasing is something that you really have to do within that 6- or 12-month period or however long you sign the lease for. When you purchase, at the end of settlement, that relationship is, you know, it it ends. Um, You don't have to go forward. And like you said, it's with any other relationship. If you find a man or a woman who, you know, has some flaws in the beginning, I mean, are you going to go into a relationship with them or are you just going to move on and keep looking? And it's the same situation with renting a home. I mean, you have to keep it moving. Um, at all costs, I mean, especially if there's something as serious as plumbing, a roof, or something that is going to affect the livelihood of you or your family and how you live. I mean, it's best to keep it moving because more likely that's somewhat that relationship that you want to avoid, which is potentially be, like you said, some landlords tell the truth, some landlords don't. Um, 
don't. So, I mean, it could possibly, you're more than likely going to enter a slumlord um, type of relationship deal with something like that. If they're even willing to show a home in that condition, it's something that you right. should be cautious of in the beginning. Yeah. So, um, that is that was a good point, and that was actually a great question um, because I'm sure I know I come across that a lot, and with you doing that um, every day, all day as well, I know that's something that you have to deal with a lot, and even from um, you building your relationships with the owners of the homes um, and the condition yeah. in which they keep it in. I'm sure you have to deal with those types of issues and make um, really hard decisions as well as far as representing um, owners that are yeah. running properties, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot. So, you know, you know, rent, renting a house, you know, and, and looking at the other side because, you know, as a tenant, you know, you can be very demanding and, hey, I want the whole the place perfect and I want this and that. You know, mm-hmm. renting out a home, you know, on the other side for the, the landlord, the investor, it's it's not easy, you know, because you, you can purchase a, you know, you purchase a house and, you know, tenant may expect everything to be exactly perfect or, uh, you know, we'll use right now as, a, as an example, you know, we're dealing with weather issues and so on. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be a case where, you know, it gets freezing cold, a pipe bursts in the basement, or, you know, a, a, you know, roof which generally never had a problem, now it's leaking, you know, and, that, and then all of a sudden now the tenant's like, oh, look, this is, you know, and it, again, they get emotional and we get outside of professionalism. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I what I tell people is like, hey, things happen. Right. You know, anything man-made is at some point going to break down your your house, your car, you know, and yeah. anything, your, your computer, you know. Yeah. If, if it's made by men, you know, it has an yeah. installation to it. And mm-hmm. we try to maintain the properties as best we can. And and that's where that relationship comes in into play because, you know, when you don't live in a house and you're just right. walking through it, it's very easily easy to not um, – See something. And uh-huh. I'll give you an example of a, a house right now. We have someone getting ready to move into a house now, and we had no clue, but um, the outlets weren't grounded. Now, some people say that's not a big deal, but, you know, it is a safety hazard. But mm-hmm. we had no clue. We just happened to plug in a tester into one of them. And then, uh-huh. yeah, and then realized it wasn't grounded. Then we realized none of them are grounded. It turned out the ground wires, and I don't mean to get too technical, but the ground wires were not attached to the main yeah. electric. So, so in other words, none, you know, none of the outlets, you know, those wires were uh, attached to all of the outlets in the house, and wow. so none of them, none of them were grounded, um, which would give you, you know, again, it's a safety issue. Yeah, so they would work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would plug something in and it would work and you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So that's a case where, you know, I don't think the owner of that house was even aware of it. So it wasn't that they're a bad landlord or trying to run an unsafe right. place. And no one would have caught it. I mean, we caught it. Um, just 
by chance because we don't. I think now we're doing it more. Like we're going to houses and checking outlets and stuff more. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't necessarily do that. I don't. I don't think most people that are going to rent a house bring a tester mm-hmm. and and plug it into each outlet. So right. You know, but in the course of living somewhere, you might catch it or, or catch something else, or a little quirk. Mm-hmm. And a sink does this with that. You know, and any of us in our houses, whether we rent or own, the longer you live there, you start to catch things. That's true. And so that relationship, that's what we hope to have, those communications with a tenant. You know, again, not being a nag about it, but, you know, in a professional relationship, you know, they're letting us know. So I, I rely on, on that information. Correct. Hey, by the way, this is happening. This is happening. Okay. You know, and then, you know, we, we make action plans of how to, you know, keep the place maintained. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we know the key to any relationship, as we stated earlier, is communication. And it's how you yeah. say things and it's how you communicate. Um, we talked about putting things in writing, you know, to make sure that you document, document, document. But it's also, yeah. you know, as you also stated, maintaining your uh, level of professionalism and being um, yeah. taking the emotion out of it. Um, as well, and just being realistic, especially from a tenant's um, standpoint, you have a lot of tenants who will really, um, who will really raise a lot of hell over things that are breaking. Like you said, a lot of man-made things break, and things happen, yeah. especially over in, over the course of time. Um, yeah. But a lot of things happen, and a lot of tenants complain and raise yeah. a complaint about major issues up front rather than communicating and maintaining that level of professionalism and um, just having a conversation and setting deadlines um, and allowing the landlord to pro- provide a response. There are things that break maybe a towel rack or uh, right. some, something that might break that, you know, some tenants really just make a whole dramatic scene about. And it really is just a matter of having that conversation and communicate that with your landlord, allow them the opportunity to get out to fix it if it's all, you know, whatever it is. Oh, my, my, um, you know, it, whether it's plumbing or cosmetic, you probably have better examples than I do. But, I mean, there are some minor things that happen that I know from experience that tenants make as if, you know, the roof literally just fell on, it, it fell right. inside the house. And it's, and it's not that serious. So just being realistic um, yeah. and, and having that conversation and having that relationship so where you can just contact your landlord and, um, of course, in a way where you can, it can be documented and allowing them the opportunity to um, get back with you, set those set, um, set the schedule to have their workers or themselves to get out and make those repairs. That's, to me, also very important to keep in mind is to know what is major and what is minor, um, it, you know, because the first question that I'm sure you get a lot and that I also get is, can I withhold my rent because they didn't fix this or this happened? Um, yeah. Most of the time, the answer is no. <laughs> the answer, um, by the way, the answer is no. Um, mm-hmm. Just because something goes wrong in the house, the answer is no. Um, and that's a good question because people do ask that, and it's something that's kind of a gray area. Mm-hmm. Um the answer is no. What you're supposed to do as a tenant, is, if anything is wrong in your property, is inform in writing is the proper way to inform, inform the landlord. And then the landlord has a time frame 
um, in in Delaware where we're at, a landlord has 30 days um, to correct that problem, meaning mm-hmm. 30 days from when you inform them. So, uh, again, you're supposed to pay your rent on the 1st. So the 1st mm-hmm. of February comes, you realize there's an issue on the 15th. You put something in writing. Now you have to pay the next month's rent, the the, the March rent, even if they didn't fix it because it's mm-hmm. still within that 30-day time period. Um, then, so that will be to the 15th of that month, right? Then mm-hmm. by, at that point, if they still haven't done anything, then you may have um, an option of repairing it yourself and, um, you know, taking that, deducting that from the rent. Or mm-hmm. finding out how much it is and holding that That's money good. aside in, in an escrow. Yeah. It, it's the, really, holding the rent is if you're going to actually take it to court. Um, right. So that's the reason for withholding rent would be that you're going to court, and the court will um, require you to have that money in hand. So the court will make a decision of who who should get paid. Mm-hmm. And so you as a tenant would have to have it so that when they make that decision that that money gets paid right then. So if they say, hey, okay, you did, you were right in holding this, this guy really, you did send the letter. You know, you did everything right, and this guy still didn't do anything. Here, let's have that money go to this contractor and get it done ASAP, you know. So that's the purpose of holding it. Again, it's not to not pay. Because you signed, again, you signed an agreement that said you're going to pay rent. So the, the responsibility of you as a tenant is to always pay your rent, no matter right. what, <laughs> you know. Right. So, and it's, so it's not withholding all the rent either. Exactly. It's only, it's only withholding that amount. So, you know, even if it's a roof leak and that roof leak is only going to cost three or $400 to fix, exactly. it would be that you're sending all of the rent minus that $300. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which actually goes again along with that question is also what we like to teach tenants that we work with. Um, I mean, working for both from both sides, working for um, the owner, and um, working for ten uh, with tenants to help them find properties. You 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 don't want to have the mindset where you're trying to get over on someone, and that is just not the type of relationship that you should even look to form up front or at any time throughout your lease. Because we want you to have the mindset that you are, it is your home. Um, you know, you do not own it yet at this particular moment, but it is your home. And but you, you want to treat it like, yeah, you live there. And you want to <laughs> treat it like that. You want to treat it as such. Because, I mean, you have, just put yourself in a mentality as if you were to own that home. And, um, you know, some uh, a pipe were to bust or Something were to happen, again, I don't have any um, great examples. Your heat was, I mean, I understand heat is important, but, you know, something happens to your window, your window seal is, is broken or your, the latch to your sliding glass door, something like that is broken. Whatever the case may be, you know, put yourself in the owner-occupant shoes. And, I mean, as we work with tenants, um, owners, we work with um, buyers and sellers. Um, we go, I mean, from a purchase standpoint, if you were owning it, I mean, how many sellers' homes have we walked in where 
everything. I mean, you saw leaks in this room from the ceiling. Oh, yeah. You saw leaks in another room. I mean, yeah, the cabinets, time, cabinets <laughs> falling, you know, yeah. those on two legs. Um, it's yeah. just, I mean, we've seen some issues that to some people, as if you're owning it and you have to pay out of your pocket for it, you don't consider those issues as major. And I'm not just turning a blind eye for it, but I'm just saying be realistic and know that you're in a relationship and know that you need to treat that home as your as if it were your own and having that communication and conversation with your landlord and establish that type of relationship to where you make it a win-win deal for both sides and just, you know, just setting the tone to, again, make that house your home and so that you can establish that good relationship to go on and build another relationship either with another landlord after you after your lease is expired or to establish that good rental history which you need to purchase your first or your first home um, or your next home if you're in transition. So that's actually a tip that I would like to leave um, everyone with is, you know, just establishing that relationship and tre- being realistic, treating it like it's your own, again, for both sides, knowing your um, the landlord tenant code and knowing the, the law within your state. Yeah, um, one thing I, I, I can tell you briefly is um, what, the way I handle that whole this whole topic on mm-hmm. my, on my properties is I tell the you know I tell tenants from day one you know hey when you hand in your rent you know you put in an envelope you hand in your rent every month just include a note of anything you know it doesn't matter if it's too big small that again I'm I'm giving them a pattern of just always doing it so. Just write a note of anything that you see that may need to be fixed. That's a good idea. You know? Yeah, and so they get in the habit of always doing it. Because, you know, some tenants are actually on the other end of the spectrum where they they don't want to bother you. They love the house, so they don't, they don't tell you anything that goes wrong. And then mm-hmm. you, you might come in one day and it's like, there's a hole in the wall. You know? Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, there are some tenants who don't tell you anything because they're like, yeah. well, I can live with it. It wasn't a big deal. It didn't bother me. You know, it's like, what the storm door is on? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the wind blew and it knocked it off, but I didn't care. I just put it on. But, like, no, we yeah, we no. want to know, you know, a good landlord, we want to know anything um, that's happening. And what I tell them is, hey, if, if it's damage that you caused, we're going to fix it regardless, but we will bill you, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, your, your son decides to make the living room into a basketball court and his ball goes through mm. the window, you know, call us. Don't be scared when, you know, we're not right. going to evict you. We, we will fix that window. But, you know, you, your son broke it, so we we don't think we should have to pay for it, you know. And that's right. in the lease, in the leases I have. But, um by doing that, by by every month just sending me a little note, now they are putting things in writing and they are communicating with me. And and that way it's something that I can and I have points there and I can follow up with them or what's important, what's not, you know. And it could be something little like, you know, when they open the door, it hit the wall and made the little, you know, mark in the back of the wall. Okay, we'll put a little thing on, you know, a plate or whatever, to stop it and things, you know, right. so little things like that, and you know, so that way we're periodically going going in there, and you know, we have a list, 
So because mm-hmm. that, sometimes that's a pain too. If they call you for one thing, you know, contractors, you yeah. know, they could add to like, ah, yeah. you're sending me all the way out there for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mhm. <laughs> that's so, true. Yeah, so I try to get punch lists and. Um, you know, the tenants that do cooperate, it works very well, you know, and it takes mm-hmm. all the emotion and stress out of it because they just wrote the, the note and it's done. They know that I will get back to them in a, in a you know, I mean, not the, not the day I got it, but, you know, within a week or so I might, you know, we might have a, you know, be able to make it out there with somebody and, you know, go down the list and address everything, so. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I I, th- I think that's a good yeah. point, um, yeah. and that's also a, a, a good tip. Um, and hopefully uh, there was some information that was shared, um, you know, that our audience could uh, take note of because it seems like even lately we've, uh, there has been an influx of tenants um, looking for um, properties, at least in this um, in the Delaware area, um, yeah. that have been yeah, contacting yeah. us. So, which is a great thing, um, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, always business. So that's a, it, it is a great thing. But um, hopefully you guys have um, taken heed to the information that was shared um, this evening. Uh, we want to invite you back uh, next week to join us in continuation of the landlord-tenant uh, relationships. We will um, take it to a next level because it is a very broad topic, um, but we will be doing a continuation of this next month, and we hope that you join us again on March 25th um, at 7 p.m., promptly at 7 p.m., and if you have anything else to share, Joe, um, now will be a great time because we're going to wrap it up. I believe we are out of time. Okay. I'll just say briefly, if anyone has any questions that we didn't address, um, tenants or landlords, um, Mm -hmm. if you have any questions or future tenants or landlords, Send them in, you know, go to the page or what have you. Send in the um, questions, and we'll be um, happy to answer them. Okay. And um, you can also send your questions to Sharon at HREAssociates.com. That is our uh, work email address, and we will make sure to share those questions and answers on our show next month. Um, And, Joe, do you want to leave your contact information? Um. Yeah, um, you can contact me at um, DE, the letters DE, real estate hotline at gmail.com. Um, send send your questions, comments, what have you, or and whatever, <laughs> or just say hi. Send it okay. to us there. Yeah. And um, as always, for the people in Delaware, you can catch us celebrations on market last Thursday of every month. So we're going to be there tomorrow um, during happy hour. We do five to seven. Uh, everyone is invited to come out. Okay, thank you so much. And again, thank you everybody for joining us. Um, my name is Sharon Homer. Um, again, Sharon at hreassociates.com uh, for your uh, for your questions. Um, And, again, thank you for joining Real Estate Straight Talk. We look forward to um, our conversation next month and hope you all have a great evening. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.